Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're in the third Sunday of the Advent season, and if you're paying attention to things, you'll notice that while everything is kind of blue up here, there is one slight difference of the candles up there, and uh, I mean... Some people would say it's a rose candle, but everyone knows it as the pink candle, right? Um, uh, I hope people who are really paying attention to these things don't get on me for that. But uh, it is a pink candle or a rose candle today because this is the Sunday, historically, uh, known as, um, I'm going to say a bit of Latin here, um, Gaudita, which in the historic Lectionary was the, is, is the word for, for, uh, for rejoice. Um, it's known as that because it's kind of a reprieve in these semi-dark days of the Advent season. The Advent season is a semi-penitential penitential season, kind of like Lent, but not as extreme. But we've been hearing a lot about preparing. Right? We've been hearing a lot about preparing for Christ to come back because, um, well, not to sound like a broken record, but you're here to hear these things, that we're not just preparing for Christmas. We're preparing for the coming of Christ on the last day. Last week, we talked a little bit about what that preparation looks like, and this week is kind of more of the same, but not really, because how much can you exhaust in preparations for the coming of Christ, right? You need to just keep hearing what is it we can do. And so this Sunday gives us the reason for preparing. We are joyful. We are glad of what God has done for us, that we rejoice in the grace that he brings to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because in this world... And it's very interesting being up here where you get changes in the seasons and you get rain and, and some, someday snow. I think, I think the forecast said maybe tomorrow. But, you know, you get these changes in the season and it's cloudy and you start feeling like you less sunlight. You start to feel a little bit darker and you go, oh, man, it's just getting a little gloomy. I need to up my vitamin D, right? But what really helps is knowing what Christ has done for us, right? That here... In this place, we are getting closer and closer to Christmas. It's going to get colder and colder and colder. And that reminds us a little bit about this world, right? This world is not always going to be sunshine and happiness and good times and fun. It's going to be hard because this world is full of sin. This world is full of sin. And so there are people like us, Christians, who are waiting. We are excitedly preparing and wanting Christ to come back. And we see kind of a picture of this in our gospel text today when the Jews send uh, priests and Levites to John the Baptist and say, who are you, right? Because they've heard great things about him and they think maybe he could be the one, right? Maybe he could be the one that's going to save us from everything, from the Romans, uh, from this world, from our sin, all these things, right? And bring in this glorious new kingdom. So we are, in a sense, like this, and it would help us to ask the questions, though, you know, 
Who are you? Who are you? And John the Baptist sets a great example for us when we ask these questions, preferably to ourselves, right? Who am I? Who am I really? And it's funny that John doesn't give a resume and say, well, I'm, I'm John. My father was, uh, was a Levite. He was in the temple, and there's this whole thing about Gabriel, you know, and then my mother got pregnant. He doesn't go into this whole thing about who he is, where he comes from. He just simply says, I'm not the Christ, right? He says, I am not the Christ. And <laughs> when he says this, it's... Very interesting, because it says that he confessed. He did not deny, but he confessed, right? I am not the Christ. And so they keep asking them, then, who are you? Are you... Elijah? And he says, I'm not. And they say, are you the prophet that's greater than Moses? And he says, no, right? It's just on and on, no, no, no. Then who are you, right? Who are you? And the answer that he gives to that question, after all of that, is he says, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah has said, right? He's not the one, but he's the one to prepare the way for the one that is coming, right? So in this way, we see that John the Baptist is a good example for us. He's the word, sorry, he's the voice, not the word, right? Another way to think of it is that he's the plate, he's not the steak, right? You go to a restaurant and someone brings you just an empty plate, you go, I'm sorry, I'm missing something. I ordered a steak here, right? He's saying, I'm not the main course, right? I'm the one who brings along the one that you will benefit from, right? Because it's good for us to ask these questions during this preparatory time where we say, who am I? Who am I really? In these dark days, we want Jesus to come back so badly because when he comes back, it's all over, but it's not just going to go away. Everything will be incredibly better, right? Sin and death will be wiped away. Every tear will be wiped away from every eye. And we will live in glory and in bliss with God forever, in flesh and in body and in soul, right? It's a beautiful thing to hope for. And so we ask ourselves, who am I in this dark world? Who am I? And sometimes we can get really bogged down and it helps to know I am not the Christ. My hope does not rest in me in what I do, right? My hope rests in the one who has come in the flesh, the one who has come and who has died for my sins, the one who has come and raised and was raised from, from, from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father and who will come again. That's where my hope is. That's where my joy is found. And there's this great quote from Augustine um, where he says, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he says, um, our hearts are restless until we find our rest 
in God, right? Throughout this world, we are restless. We see what's going on and we dread and we despair and we, we're concerned and we're just worried. I mean, as a parent, I'm concerned for my children and what it's going to be like when they grow up and what kind of world it's going to be in. But my rest is found in God, in Christ specifically as well, that in him my hope is found and in him I can have true joy because in this world we have to distinguish between joy and happiness, right? A lot of people say, I just want to be happy or I just want someone to be happy, right? It would actually be better for us to say, I want them to have joy. And I want to have joy because joy can be had in the midst of sadness. Joy can be had in the midst of darkness. It's really hard to be happy when you're being persecuted and prosecuted and hounded for your sins and for your faith. It's hard to be happy during those times, but we can be joyful. And that's what God promises, that we would be joyful in Christ because it's all about him. It's not about us, but it is about him. And so therefore, when we look at the epistle text from 1 Thessalonians, if I can leave you with anything today, it is a perfect text going forward in your week and even on beyond that, that if you can read this and Know that this is speaking to you as a Christian, to you as one whom Christ has died for. You will, you will greatly benefit and you will have joy. When he says, um, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you because... The God of peace sanctifies you. He sets you apart for his good purposes. He sets you apart to prepare. He sets you apart away from your sin in this place completely when you hear that your sins are now forgiven. He sets you apart so that your whole spirit, soul, and body is kept blameless at the coming of Christ. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I talked about there's different comings <clears throat> of Jesus. He has come in the flesh. He will come on, on that last day, but he comes to us now in his word and in his body and his blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. That by his doing, your whole spirit, soul, and body is kept blameless at the coming of Christ now in his body and his blood. And that is ultimately to prepare you for his final coming on that last day. This is not about us. This is all about him and what he does, what he has done, what he continues to do, and what he will do on that last day. This is pure gift. And in this time of preparing for Christmas, when we're thinking about gifts and giving gifts and getting gifts, this is the greatest gift we could ever be given. The grace of God given for you by the blood of Christ. And that is reason to be joyful. That is reason to go forward into this dark world with hope. That is reason 
to, to, to rejoice in all things because God is faithful and he surely does all these things out of his pure love for you. And the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.